0: Dish from Waitrose is an SE creative studio production.
1: Fizz Beyond Carbonated Water. Introducing the Infiz Fusion by Sage. Carbonate a refreshing strawberry wine cooler or a homemade lemonade like never before. Infiz <laughs> and release. Infiz Your Flavour. Sage, the Infiz Fusion Carbonator. Available in a range of looks colours, exclusively at John Lewis.
0: This podcast may contain some strong language and adult themes. Oh, hello, and welcome to Dish from Waitrose. I'm Nick Grimshaw.
1: And I'm Angela Hartnett. Hi,
0: Angela Hartnett. Hello,
1: Nicholas.
0: And hello, and welcome to Dish. A, obviously, Dish is really chefy, but today's guests are restaurateur Richard Corrigan and food writer and cook Valentine Warner. Yes. Two behemoths of food, <laughs> and your food friends. Food friends. Food friends
1: as well. And tell us about them, because I've never met them. Have you not? No. Oh they talk as much as you do they that's richard good. certainly does yeah. yeah i've known richard god 30 years if not longer oh, wow. since i first started cooking really? i've known richard he's had some incredible restaurants one of my most favorite memories of one of his restaurants is he used to run this place in soho called Lindsay house and instead of a wine list being sort of red, white, rosé, he did it in boxing formation. So you're a middle white wine, you're a heavyweight wine, you're a lightweight oh, wine. That. It was featherweight, absolute That's featherweight. Genius. It was genius. And I always remember it. And I would say there's probably about three or four chefs in the whole of the UK that have presents when they walk in their restaurant, and Richard's one of them. Oh, wow. Big time.
0: Wow, so are we going to fall in love with Richard I today? think, yeah,
1: you will. Irish voice, Irish generosity, amazing. And you'll fall in love with Val. Yeah, I just
0: met Val very briefly in the corridor.
1: He's so modest and, oh, no, no, no. But he's such a tremendous cook. Mm-hmm. He's brilliant. And we spent quite a few days with him over the years, doing stuff, events together. He's brilliant. Him and Neil just bond. They're both chaotic and they both cook together, but they both cook beautifully. He's like Renaissance, man. He paints. Mm -hmm. He's really into his music, can make a great cocktail, cook a good dish, and you know, writes beautifully.
0: I'm gonna call this episode Chef Mageddon. Yeah. Is there rivalry when chefs get together? Is there a sense of competition?
1: No, I think they'd be happy that someone's cooking for them for a change. And I'd like to think not. But yeah, I mean, sure when you've DJed for people that you've Always admired. You want to make sure it's right, don't yeah, you? you want to make yeah, sure. yeah, totally. totally. So, um, but no, they're lovely. I've had many a drunken night with them. Surprise, oh. surprise. Fallen out of a taxi because of Richard Corrigan at one stage. Threw up as soon as I landed in Norway due to Valentine Warner. So, yeah, lots of... Oh, my God.
0: Before we get on with it and before we welcome them in, Leonora's been on saying, hi, Nick, and hi, Angela. My husband, Ed, is a brilliant chef who works all hours, and I would love to surprise him with a really special supper. I can cook, but my repertoire is limited. Angela, please, could you recommend something that is simple enough for a mere mortal like me to pull off, but will knock his socks off. She's a huge fan of the podcast. Love you guys. Thank Thanks, Leonora. You. So what is good to make for a chef? Simple, easy, banging.
1: I think she should do braised veal shank.
0: <gasps> Ooh.
1: And then she should write it in Italian saying "osso Oh. Because
0: then he will be
1: very suitably uh-huh. impressed uh-huh. because not many people cook veal. Uh, braise it's a very easy one to do because it doesn't take forever because it's quite tender. It's beautifully delicious, and we do great English rose veal in this country. The classic dish is from northern Italy, from Milan, and it's uh, veal, uh, also bucca Milanese, and you serve it with a saffron risotto. She doesn't need to do that. She could serve it with some fantastic just, you know, mashed potato. And, you know, and actually a chef would love that. So that's what she should have.
0: Okay, so braised veal shank shank
1: with mashed potato. Okay, wonderful. And if she wants to pimp it up, she can make a little green sauce Mm. and put it on there. Yeah, like herby green sauce with some garlic, lemon rind in there, or even orange rind. And yeah, and
0: Ed will be wowed.
1: Ed will be wowed.
0: And if you ever want to email us, just like Leonora did, you can email us, dish at Ask us anything you want. Get in touch with your problems, your dilemmas, anything you want to know. If you just want to show off, get in
1: <laughs>
0: Today, what are we going to eat?
1: We're making, well, we're not making, I've made. and I don't, I'm not, No, and I don't mean it like that. No, Sorry, no, what no, I meant no. to say is I was supposed to get here on time to make fresh pasta and didn't get here on time, as is my norm. Raison d'etre, mm-hmm. as they say, or whatever. Yeah, raison raison d'etre. D'etre. Um, And so I called Morella at Cafe Morano who brought some over, some fresh pasta. Well,
0: it's still made under uh, your under guidance. Under my
1: guidance. But Do I you know did make mean? the sausage ragu. So um. we're doing a lovely fennel sausage ragu with fresh pappardelle
0: Ah, oh, yum. Yum. All right, let's get our guests in. Two is company, as they say, but three. Well, was just intimidation, this, for me. <laughs> Today we have three of the UK's most accomplished chefs around the dish table and two of Angela Hartner, MBE, OBE's, Spezies, Please welcome Valentine Warner and Richard Corrigan, everybody. Hello. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello.
2: Hello. How are you? Well. Yeah. Wow. yeah, and a really nice walk along the canal getting here as well, so oh, it's a nice start nice. to the day. So You're looking
1: nice. a bit tan, Val. Thank you. Richard looks exhausted.
0: I am exhausted. You are. Angela, that's work, a great it? thing to say to a guest. You <laughs>
2: know
0: no why? And you look exhausted. I don't
1: mean it, we'll come to it more, but he's just opened a new restaurant and he's got that chef face
3: of having worked every
1: service for however many weeks
3: (laughs) since you opened we've been national portrait gallery new restaurant on the top yeah i've been there most of the shifts really and it's a seven day week operation when was opening night around a month and a half ago okay and paul mccartney exhibition pre-opened the week before you know, you learn things. Everywhere I've done something, you learn something, you know, because, you know, visually there's a lot to see there. Mm. And, you know, they have a wonderful collection of uh, pictures of chefs, for example. They've been collecting things there that, you know, you just it's hard to believe what they have. Is there any pictures of you? Uh, they, they have my portrait there, believe me. Oh, it.
0: yeah, I <laughs> yeah, do, actually.
3: Because they've done a series yeah. uh, around probably 20 years ago of young people and established chefs in the whole place, you know. Uh, Alistair little Stephen put yeah. But, if, you know, they need to come out and go on the walls.
1: She'd know. hang them around the restaurant. Yeah,
3: get yeah. them up <laughs> yeah. yeah, in there. Angela, you know, I'd get you in there as well now. Yeah, yeah I'd prefer a yeah. statue.
1: <laughs> With a whisk yeah. or a rolling pin yeah. or something. Yeah, like that.
0: Thank you. <laughs> We've got to talk about Norway because you mentioned Norway. Mm. When I said before, I was like, what do I need to know about Richard and Valentine? And, yeah. and Angela talked about how Valentine... You landed in Norway and he made you puke. No, no,
1: he didn't make me no. sick. I was just... I made was, you No, what? you didn't make me. I was because of the cra You've done it. Three flights... The last plane is the size of this table. And also Val tells you, he's incessant if he's excited and you're going somewhere. So he's texting us all day long. And when we get to this airport, make sure you have that hot dog with the prawns and the spring onions. And when you get to this airport, have that. So, of course, I'm with Luke, who's one of my chefs, and Neil. So we're all excited and we beer in and hot dogs. And by the time I get that last bit of the journey, when I'm going like... And Ingen, who's your partner out there and owns the hotel... Drives like Mansell. She's
2: spending quite a lot of time talking.
1: while she yes. waves her right. like around, this. Yes. and I'm literally holding on like this until oh. Luke and Neil go, "Are you all right, Angela?" I'm going, oh. and I literally got out and just walked, <laughs> didn't even greet <laughs> valve it was great. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was worth it. So a
3: good welcome to Norway. Good
1: welcome to Norway. Yeah, yeah it's
3: a visceral place. Extreme. <laughs> 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 I mean, Loften is an isolated peninsula. It really, really is. I mean, those three trips you talked about. Yeah. Buddha, I mean, we missed the last plane from Buddha over to the island. Before. Am I right in thinking you were in the airport bar when you
2: missed the flight?
3: <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were in a bar, I'll be honest with you, looking at a screen. I'll be honest, then we stopped looking at the screen because it took so long. And then we got to this supermarket full of salt cod. Yeah. And I looked at all this salt cod, which is so expensive in London. Yeah. And I said to Nick, our head chef in Bentley, I said, Nick, what's in your suitcase? And he said, my clothes. I said, dump them.
2: Salt <laughs> I mean, the cod is going into your bag. I've got the, sole cod the sole cod best the picture of you standing St- yeah. at the airport, the yeah. tiny airport.
3: Yeah. With these two in <laughs> whole cod. cod. Uh-huh. And we and,
2: uh, folded the salt cods so and we all uh, squashed them
3: into the suitcases, the salt cod. Uh, and put them on Bentley's oyster bar, <laughs> and we had done the salt called ravioli, which we bought. Lovely, put yeah. a little uh, lobster sauce or something. It was so delicious, I'll be honest with you. Because, you know, baccalaos, so expensive. You're saying yeah. about oh, you like
2: things to be, you know, kind of. Simple and honest, and then you're you you're covering Stiff salt in the suitcase. I, I know, I know, but it's
3: so good. It's so the two of them. It's an idea from an Italian chef called Fulvio in Rosa, mm-hmm. oh, I which know. which was the, the ravioli Tuscany, of salt yeah. cod with a shellfish sauce. So
1: tell Nick where Nor, or not where Norway is, where Holman <laughs>
3: tell is. Me where Norway? Norway is. I'm looking
0: at my globe right now. Back to school. <laughs> Give us the Norway connection. So yeah. it's
2: northwest where we run Kitchen on the just in the Arctic Circle. And then where we get chefs, but kind of great chefs like these two, who can respond to this kind of incredible wild larder outside and then just come in. There's a lot of menu changing going on. People come up to eat for three days in this kind of muscular supernature. nature. But then we've got craftspeople because the weather is master of everything up there. So if you can't get out walking or, you know, swimming, Angela, by the way, swam every morning. And um, yeah, you just nice. see her in the kitchen. of Q Family Whittingstall had been up the week before, by the way. And he made, Hugh's going swimming. And we all had to, hooray, well done, Hugh. You're going. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Angela, you just see her in the kitchen quietly toweling her hair at six in the morning, having told nobody at all. So you kind of come up to eat, and then you might, you know, do some blacksmithing. I
1: made my own knives.
2: You made your own knives. You did this wow. beautiful yeah. print which yeah. you can see afterwards, oh, yeah. Angela did. De- so it's a kind of analogue few days of eating, swimming, foraging. Oh fishing. wow! And
0: is this invite only, Val, or is this open to no, everyone listening on the to Dish? Edge of the
2: world, yeah. everybody listening oh, to Dish, love. come and join us. Next He's doing year. a good advertisement for himself. A good advertisement.
0: <laughs> First of all, so,
3: so, he sends you a list of what would you like to cook, and you give him a the list of what you'd like to cook. <laughs> and you get there, and there's nothing there that you'd like to cook. I think that I is... I mean, that, and then you say, how many for dinner? 35 or whatever you got. Hold on.
2: This is a place where chefs have got to think on their feet. You've got, we had all your stuff there yeah, for yeah. you, but, you know, it's about, you know, changing your mind. you changed. Like, we We're bloody we we organised. Yeah, we we're bloody organised.
3: It was really... The, the yeah. ingredients list was great. Yeah. I mean really the seafood in particular there's an english guy up there collecting all that seafood yeah Roddy's. So. yeah fantastic so the kind of the whole inbuilt mechanisms around produce around the area i mean it's you know there's no houses it's unspoiled you know everything that comes out of the sea the it's northern lights oh wow we all had a little bit too much <laughs> to drink and the owner of the establishment i said I want you to put on an Uh Aha album.
2: (laughs) No, don't knock, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, you don't want to knock that. And he just couldn't get us out of the place around two in the morning, so go to bed, you (laughs) lot. Please, (laughs) please.
3: Tell us about how you guys met Arange. I first met Angela. She was working in Aubergine. She came and done a stage in Lindsay House, and she was probably working with around 16 chefs, and there was four in our kitchen, and we worked all day, every day. It was pretty hardcore. And Angela's seen the kitchen. I don't think you could believe we could serve food from this tiny little place up three flights in and Seoul. And had you heard of Angela yeah, before yeah, you yeah, met Yeah, I her? knew Angela. Yeah, absolutely. And you what was Angela's me? rep around that time? I mean, she was one of kind of, you know, the disciples of Gordon Ramsay, you know what I mean, in that time. And she was, yeah, pretty cool. You know, straight-laced in the sense of, you know, the type of cuisine she was working with. You know, anything went to Lindsay House, I'll be honest with you. Couscous, coriander. I mean, I need... Uh, <laughs> back so, you know what I mean? It was We were a very freewheeling operation. Uh-huh. More so than the kind of that French Michelin discipline, even though we were one star. You know what I mean? We were still very loose in the way we looked at food, uh-huh. you know. I think she enjoyed herself. I hope she did. Mm-hmm. It was busy as hell. And, you know, it's a few days goes very quickly, really. yeah.
2: And what about you, Val? I think just kind of bumping into her a lot with the kind of, you know, this... The Wild Bunch, which is all these kind of, you know, people of appetites that the yes. chefs, And just kind of talked to her a little bit more every time and mm-hmm. just thought, you know, this wonderful, generous, interesting, you know, kind of amazing woman. And kind of always this idea of her kind of talking to her went and did um, a little bit, you know, kind of helped in Murano during lockdown and a couple of times, and Andrew would just be there talking to you, always asking other people about them, never talking mm. about herself, just talking, and there's just some kind of movement, and then you'd peer over the top, and there was like 2,000 annulottis, which she's just been <laughs> kind of firing out like a You're machine, missing the so, point
1: that you yeah. and Neil were sitting at the bar drinking beer, and I was trying to do all the takeaway orders that you two were supposed to be helping I'm, me what
0: with. <laughs> But I feel like everyone does fall a little bit in love with Ange when they meet her. People, some of my friends will have a bit of Angela panic, like they're excited to meet her, like they're about to meet a beetle. And then when they meet her, they love her. They always fall in love
3: with her. People connect with Ange, don't they? And profoundly
2: generous person. Yeah. And yeah. Unpretentious
3: and real. Yeah. And if she was any of those things, we'd have cut her down to size a long time. Really.
2: There are the parts of Angela which I find particularly hilarious that when she was coming up to Norway and we were trying to get her to do her kind of media stuff, she said, do you know what? This is my Instagram account and here's my password. Just do what you want. <laughs> she said before, she said,
0: i would give everyone my Instagram password. That dog on there is not even hers. <laughs> Angela, this looks fantastic.
1: I've made you pappardelle with sausage and fennel ragu. It's
0: wow. absolutely delicious. I like that you guys immediately were like
2: in.
1: I sort of think for you two, what could you make? And I thought it's got to be something with pork. And I thought a bit of pasta wow. will be perfect.
2: It makes that unctuous kind of glotching sound. Yeah. When you... mm. What have we got here,
1: Ange? So onion in a pan, a little mm. bit of olive oil, some garlic, crushed fennel seeds. Saute that down no colour until nice and soft. Add your sausage meat crumbled in and then a touch of passata on top, because I don't want it too tomatoey. I slightly tweak it and add a little bit of water, which is quite an old fashioned grandma thing to do. Like our grandmother's never had stocky or anything like that. And so she would always use water when she makes a bolognese or any ragu. She would never use that. She'll just cover with water. So I will always add a little bit of water just to get it going so it simmers longer. Mm. And that's it. And yeah. too
3: much tomato kills everything. Yeah, it it just, it's yeah. quite yeah. acidic. And yeah. you end up pinch of sugar, a pinch of this, no. a pinch of that. The sausage is the priority in this.
1: Sausage, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And the chilli. And a little bit of chilli, yeah.
3: By
0: the way, if you want to try this recipe, waittrolls.com forward slash dish recipes. The recipe is on there. The wine pairing is on there, which goes perfectly with this. Um, and all the ingredients that we use in the show are available at Waittrolls.
1: What wine have we got, Nick?
0: We've gone for a red. <laughs> We've gone for a Luigi Bosco di sangue this wine is from the waitrose cellar it's cellar only so waitrosecellar.com and you will find it on there cheers guys cheers cheers to you too if you've not been on valentine warner's instagram then you need to i love this seemingly a tomato salad was the picture yes but the caption was phenomenal Romantic. Oh
2: dear,
0: what I, <laughs> I loved it. We all loved it. Uh, bought some curious American tomato varieties. Mad little green ones taste of fudge but remain nameless, unfortunately. And one with the color of a dramatic sunset is fruity and absurdly sweet. Bonkers with the olive oil, precautious with the oregano, violent with the jalapeno, expansive with the salt, <laughs> blobby curd, jalapeno in eye. Just knocked salad off table, half blind, goodbye. <laughs>
1: Uh that that's a caption.
2: That is, that is the fiasco of my life. <laughs> that is fantastic.
1: And what makes you a poet? Surely <laughs> but, but, Angela yeah. who
0: hates Instagram, like that must love- make you love Instagram. I that. always
1: love foul stuff. That, that's I'm He's very good. He's very good on it. But who films all your stuff? Because I love when you're doing your recipes at home. Mm. I love the YouTube. I think that's brilliant. Who does all that well, for you?
2: Um Sasha, was filming it, but then fell in again with the um, the director who I used to film with, you know, back in the day. So right. we do it together now for my YouTube. Mm. where I'll be finding me cooking strange, odd, visceral things like um, crispy pig's heads and sea Mm. urchins and all the kind of things that we like to guzzle, but um, woefully overlooked. When we were in Norway, we went on the boat out to see the fastest currents in the world.
3: Mm. The maelstrom. The maelstrom, Maelstrom. which was quite amazing. And then we went off to the island and you'd done some cooking and you read some passages from your book. And I was slightly worried from the night before and I just (laughs) thought I could put my head down on the heather and fall asleep, oh, as Val Val has a real, out. yeah, talking mm. about... Hold on, I
2: don't know whether that's a compliment or an insult. No, 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 no it's sweet. a real it's compliment. A soothing oh, compliment. Oh, it food.
3: was yeah. very
0: soothing. By the way, did you hear what these guys were saying about you whilst you were cooking? I did. I about was when you all first met and stuff. Do you have good memories of meeting Val and Richard?
1: One of the first times I met Richard, because Richard had already been as a head chef by now, mm-hmm. I was still a lonely little chef at the party, <laughs> which <laughs> is like a few runs down the ladder... And we went up to Judge Gordon Ramsay's scholarship up in Birmingham. And I happened to be in the car with Richard. Mm-hmm. And as you know, when Richard gets going, he talks and talks. And he's being very polite with Val. But normally, he's like this with you. You literally, you're all, You know, you sit next to him. And I literally, we went from London to Birmingham. By the end of it, I came out and I said... You're bloody bruising me, for God's sake, with your stories. They're great, but he's like this. And also, he's like, my mum, when we first did Great British Menu and it came on many years ago, mm-hmm. Richard is brilliant on TV, as is Val. But my mum, she goes, oh, Angela, you know, I want you to do well. You know, you're my daughter, but I really want Richard to win. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he lovely? Isn't, Isn't he lovely? He? And when she met Richard, and then we'd, we'd had, the, and ever since then, she loves a Richard story, and we'd had a night out, Richard and I, where we both, the worse for wear, I saw him a few days later, and I said, Oh my God, because it's one of those spontaneous nights. Mm-hmm. It wasn't supposed to be a late night and so it ended up always, the best ones. four or five in the morning, me falling out of a taxi when Neil opened the door, going, Where are you? <laughs> and then I saw Rich and I said, Oh God, how is Marie? His wife goes, Oh Jesus, Angela, read your silence, read your silence, you know. And my mum ever since she heard that, she like I really want to meet his wife I now she really sounds amazing. So he had many moments. You've had many and, moments. And Val and I have had many moments as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Neil and him get up to jinxes, shall I say? What well, Neil and
2: Val? Yeah, yeah. They it,
1: cook a lot together yeah. and do like North Manor and God knows what happens. Well, and did we we fishing time, together. yeah we went fishing and fishing. Neil
2: turned up wearing a pair of tartan shorts, pink Wellingtons, <laughs> uh, I think red glasses. Yeah. He, you know he really does cut a, quite a special look. Quite yeah. a lot, yeah. 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 I mean, what's
3: great about Neil? And I say this. The starry background of working in some of the greatest restaurants Mm. and chefs in the world. Most cooks with that background would be just impossible to deal with. Mm -hmm. He is just such a humble, down-to-earth, funny individual, and he's Mm. just wonderful to be around. And maybe that sums it up for me. You know what I mean, really? Uh, you know, you don't need your badges wearing around. Yeah. He Michelle does need Brown. to follow
2: a selfie stick, though, you know, with a pom-pom on the end. <laughs> When we went to Norway, as we were sitting down in Mimo going, where is Neil? He's like... I'm going very fast out of Oslo in the wrong 40 kilometres out of <laughs> Oslo. Going in the opposite direction. Neil. I brought Adrian Dunbar to the French house upstairs
3: and I just knew he would just love what Neil cooks. Oh. You know? I just knew it. It was like 4-4 or something. It was a very small menu. Oh. And Adrian has been back probably 100 times. You know what I mean? But he just delivers something for people mm. that have eaten everything. Mm. And they just want to go back to basics. But basics cooked by a very competent cook mm-hmm.
1: but neil loves yeah. that story because when you did daffodil mulligan's opened it so yeah. adrian dunbar is the brilliant ac- yeah. irish actor whose line of duty has been the thing at the moment you know and i was so excited when i saw him at daffodil mulligan's i was going oh my god neil, adrian dunbar. <laughs> and i said come on neil so i went up and i said oh hi i'm such a big fan and he wasn't he's not rude adrian but he was in the middle of a conversation yes. he sort of grinned at me <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> A Bit perturbed, got the old badges. All and right. then I said, you know, my husband's Neil at the French. I sure is said, Neil? Oh, come on, then.
2: Hooray.
1: And Neil was just like, yeah. all right, then. You're not the only famous one, are you, and I was like, yeah, I'm Neil's wife. Lovely to meet you. A really light line of duty.
0: <laughs> Therese has been on. She says, guys, love the podcast. My question is, my brown bread always has a very hard crust. I need tips,
3: please, on how not to have a very hard crust on my brown bread? Uh, a tea towel, a damp tea towel. When you take it out of the oven, wrap it in a tea towel and just leave it in an aerated place, not warm, and you'll always end up nice. It, mm. No problem at all. Straight, straight off you the go, top yeah. there. You know,
0: yeah. Yeah. Ready to go. Next up, we've had Shio, who's been on, who listens to the podcast from Tokyo. Uh, he says, in the Ruby Wax episode, Angela, you mentioned that you enjoyed a trip here to Japan. What was inspiring to eat during your visit?
1: Well, one of the things I loved, and you'll love this, <laughs> no. it's an odd thing, but it's a chef thing, but these will appreciate it, is I went to a tempura bar, mm-hmm. which is all the deep fries with vegetables and everything in the lightest of batters. And the chef must have been in his 70s. It was an old guy yeah. with a beard, grey hair and everything. And we were towards the end. So at the end of service, he's cleaning down. And I know that every little kid who's cooking that now will just take the batter, take the flour, just lob it in the bin. And he took his sieve and he sieved the flour and he sieved his breadcrumbs, no waste put his battery in and you know just oh, everything. Yeah, and everything and, everything. and I was like battery, that with Neil I yeah. said look I said those little shits at Marana I bet they just throw it in the bin, you know <laughs>
3: but because
1: it's just Good. that and that's what Japanese food has is that
3: there's consideration in everything but you have that in France as well yeah. and yeah. in all yeah. professional operations yeah. Philippe oh. Cotuccini I spent a few, you know a week or so a lot yeah. years and years ago and after making all the pastries and all that everything was brushed brushed very yeah. carefully off the marble and sieved and sieved yeah. and sieved and sieved and, sieved and out. And good professional food operations, including mm. your own household, mm. you should look at it professionally and have no waste. You should look yeah. at your fridge, You know, sometimes I cook supper at home with the kids around, I call it fridge clearances. (laughs) I can make something beautiful by just looking in there. How many jars do we need in a fridge? How many (laughs) things do we need in a fridge?
2: (laughs) One thing I would like to say to Shio is that um, I went to eat with my friend Masaki Sugisaki, who owns Dinings, and I said, can you just do me a favour? I cannot get natto into my mouth. I have tried. I eat absolutely everything. I'm completely Unsquimish. It's fermented soybeans, but by the time they're kind of salivary, like alien y, kind of wow. bluey thing. And he said, I'll give it to you in a very simple way. So I ate it last week. I just can't get it in. So oh. he rolled it up in some sushi, but she, I'm afraid to say, it tastes like kind of funky, bitter coffee. Oh. And I just. Can't do it. And I hate actually having to admit it. There are things that I can't eat. Yeah, is there
1: something else you can't eat as
2: well? Sorry? And Endouette. It's
3: oh, yeah, basically bum
2: sausage. Either. It's not real. I have
3: the best story with my kids on and endouette. In France, in the French home, sitting at a table. And they brought out the andouette, put it on the table, and I was going, oh, my kids are, come on, <laughs> eat this. And I looked around the table and the kids were quite small. And they were going, mm, lovely, Dad. And then I found the dog sucking my toe at the, <laughs> halfway at the end of dinner. And the kids were throwing the underwear under the oh, table what? to oh. the dock. <laughs> 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 and here I was thinking I had done a good job yeah. in their pocket. Yeah. I yeah. them.
2: Wow. <laughs> 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 I just not had very
3: good one. Yeah. Oh, oh, my, God. oh, my. It's I mean, it was... So nice. By the way, it's hard you work, isn't
2: it?
1: No, it's disgusting. Yeah. If Neil ever has it, I'll make him sleep downstairs. Really? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's intestines,
2: isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it's right at the exit. Yeah, end. and, it,
1: it's, and right it's, it's in exit. a mustard sauce.
2: And the mustard's the good... It's a Leonese Lyon. Leon oh, no, it's very
3: famous. For I did have dinner with Hixie years ago in St. John's, I'll be honest with you, mm. and we were having a similar... Call. It's a chitterling? Chitterlings. Oh, Chitterlings, yeah. yeah. Which, you know what I mean? Honestly, I'm pretty hardcore. And I looked at Mark, he was going, yum, 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 <laughs> yum.
0: Yeah.
3: And I then I was thinking, up. oh, God, I have to go through this. And then I looked again and he was hiding it all under a lettuce leaf. <laughs> oh, <no>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about Bentley's, because I've never been, and
3: you've
1: been. Lots of times. Which is Richard's times. Restaurant.
3: Yeah, Bentley's was founded in 1916 by an English family called Bentley's. They were oyster farmers in Colchester uh, on the Mersey Island, out in the Mersey. And they... Uh, Uh, During the Great War, they found life very difficult and uh, they took the stables off the Piccadilly Hotel or it was called Piccadilly House then and they rented the stables at the back uh, and basically they opened an oyster bar. Mm -hmm. And it was classed as a tavern where you could always have a pint of beer and a half dozen oysters. And you have to remember, probably during the 1700s and 1800s, London would have had thousands of oyster bars. And the great wipeout, I think it was in the 1880s, of the great poisoning, they call it, you know what I mean? The Thames and Sewage and whatever caused absolutely havoc. And of course, they all went away. Mm -hmm. But the Bentleys came in 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 1916. They opened the Bentley's Oyster Bar. They were there till 1978. They sold it to Buddington's of Manchester. I was employed in 1991 by Buddington's of Manchester to go into Bentleys as head chef. I was there for a couple of years. I would often done my own thing then. And then years later, Gordon Ramsay rang me in Lindsay House hmm. to say, Richard, I just looked at Bentley's and I know you work there and it's up for sale. I think you should go for it. I didn't know it was Gordon that told you. It was you Gordon Ramsay that put oh, yes. it. me It's owned by the Corrigan family. Richie Jr., my son, runs it. Jess, my daughter, kind of keeps the marketing and PR part of it right. Uh, Robbie, my youngest son, is in hospitality. So I always felt it's another generational mm-hmm. thing. Like the mm-hmm. Bentleys passed it on. I mean, is it possible for us to pass it on? But Bentleys was always Bentleys. It's not about Corrigans, it's about Bentleys. And you do feel you're a bit custodian of it, believe it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you want to keep that tavern thing. You want people to, to come in, have a pint. Now, I must say, it is the most expensive pint in London. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but we're going to go quick fire for the best sausage sandwich, sauce, tomato or brown sauce, what we're saying.
2: I don't like sauce sandwiches. I really like a good hot dog, and in Norway, oh, they wrap go. the hot dog in bacon, and then they put prawn mayonnaise on top, oh. then they put pickled cucumbers on it, and then they put crispy onions on it. Oh. And you have, to, you have to dislocate your jaw like a snake, mm. and it's Get the in. most delicious thing Brown well. or red sauce, yeah. Richard? Brown.
1: Brown. Uh, brown. Brown. Brown, Spicy
3: brown. Spicy brown. Spicy yeah. brown. Do we butter the bread? I buttered a bread and white bread. bread. A bloomer. Lots of good salty country butter. Mm -hmm. Sausages fried preferably. Yeah. Rested, cut in half. Mm -hmm. Cut in half. Lengthwise, Yeah, Yeah. lengthwise, yeah. Yeah. And then I have to say Hitchby sausages. He yeah. yeah. HP. yeah. Oh, there
0: we go, there we go. If you're going to make a sausage yeah. sandwich, do it that way. That is the way to do it. Uh, right, we come to the end of the show question. If you get this question correct, you win a
2: Waitrose goodie bag. Right, okay. To win the goodie bag, we need to hear a culinary confession from each of you. When has it all gone horribly wrong? Oh, I know. And it can involve cakes. Hold on, this is loaded. Um, every, everyone messes up cakes from time to time. Uh, I got very excited and promised a cake to be delivered to the Kensington Palace, um, based on Tintin's um, (laughs) destination moon. And I was saying you can have an Angelica launch pad, meringue smoke, the rocket can even actually slightly be taking off, uh, and they were brilliant, job's yours. Uh, Anyway, my Australian um, chef for our catering company, who could literally make an otter out of cake, and you wouldn't know it wasn't a real otter, got unbelievably pissed. (laughs) Um, and didn't turn up. And she said, our girlfriend, whenever you come into the kitchen, you make me really nervous. So I said, okay, what was meant to be a rocket cake ended up with her crying and smoking. Um, (laughs) Me going to Waitrose, plugging two Swiss rolls together with a chopstick, um, putting an ice cream cone on the top, um, cutting out some bits of a cardboard box and wrapping them in tin foil, Um, open the door for the meringues and just smoke came out. (laughs) Um, and then I was like, this is a really shit rocket. <laughs> and uh, we, we rolled it up in red icing. And it was quite big as well. And we stopped in a haberdasher shop and I brought some white ribbon. Go down, you know, millionaires are over the bumps and I'm just trying to keep this thing something absolutely back. And then we go, I put, I'm so embarrassed by it that I put my coat over the top and we go through security and the police go, excuse me, sir, but uh, could you show us what's in the box, please? And I say that. Uh, Yeah, I'd really rather not. And and they went, no, sorry, sir, we have to see. Um, And what is it? And so I said, it's a rocket cake for Kensington Palace. Anyway, they looked at it, and he goes, Oi, Sid, come and look at this. (laughs) And they're both laughing their heads off. Anyway, the family, who remained nameless, were on the door jumping up and down the cake, the cake, and I said, I need a very special place to put this. Um, So I'm shown into the drawing room, and I said, I'm just going to set up here. Don't ruin the surprise, go away. Um, And anyway, we take out the ribbon to kind of make it swirly. And and then I, we got the fins, and I said, can I have the fins? And she goes, and she gives me one. I go, where are the others? And she goes, oh, God, I think they've fallen out of the bit. Oh. So there's this kind of this disaster on a thing. And then I, I wind the ribbon around it, and I can't remember why we tied it in that place, but... She's so nervous that when she pulls the knot to secure, the, she garrots the cake in half and it, it falls off into a polar bear rug. So when we picked it up, it was kind and I just said, run. And, and we ran and we were on Kensington High Street. And I, would, I went mad, because <laughs> I'm very polite to people who work for me, but I just went mad. And then she starts singing, I'm a rocket man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of wet my trousers at that point. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God.
3: God. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my God, that is brilliant. Wow. Oh, my God. Were you asked to make any more cakes?
2: Well, <laughs> no, and I, I had to send her a kind of 250 quid bunch of tulips with oh, an apology God. letter. Wow.
0: Um, guys, thank you so much for thank coming you. around. Thank you. That yeah, was thank you so, so much. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, Richard Corrigan, Valentine Warner, everybody. Woo! Thank you, guys. Thank you. thank you.
1: Details of all the delicious meals I've cooked on Dish can be found at waitrose.com slash dish recipes. All the links are in our show notes.
0: We love reading your reviews, don't we, Ange? Ange? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> please keep them coming. And, you know, the bigger the better. Like what you hear them. Please share the love. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening today.
1: Dish is an SE Creative Studio production.
2: Waitrose, food to feel good about.